Highway 1 in Raceland, next to the post office. Coco's. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, no more, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. With plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. All on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G capable device required, actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. We have an update. Zion Williamson. It's kind of about what we kind of thought it would be. It's not done for the season just yet, but I will give you that update here in a quick second. Still to come on the show, guest-wise, we do have open lines here the next couple of segments. So if you want to chime in, we'll be touching on the Pels win yesterday. The Saints back at practice yesterday. The injury part of your concern, both tackles, they're not practice. And also, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Jay Walker will touch on the Rage and Cajuns looking for win number 13 in a row. That's right. The last loss was the first game of the year. They haven't lost since. They will be playing Marshall in the New Orleans Bowl on Saturday. So we'll talk to him, voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glore, as we've done uh, throughout the football season on Thursdays, he's joined us. Can't really talk about basketball because COVID has shut down hoops over there on the campus of Tulane. But he can talk to us a little bit perhaps about the recruiting class that Willie Fritz got yesterday as well. Andrew Lopez, 205, will talk with him about the latest Zion news. And then also Lee Sterling. That's your guest list for the rest of the show. Next two segments, phone lines are open. You can tweet at us at ESPN Radio NOLA as well. You can call in and wish... Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday over to Buddy as well as he will take your phone calls, 800-998-1003. So, let's start with the latest medical update. Pelicans just putting out that release literally as we went to break. And I will read the release to you. It's not long. Following a consultation and further evaluation with Dr. Richard Ferkel of the Southern California Orthopedic Institute yesterday, Zion Williamson received a biologic injection into the fracture site to stimulate bone healing in his right foot. Williamson will be limited to low-impact, partial weight-bearing activities for an extended period. Further updates will be giving 
following further imaging, which is anticipated to occur in four to six weeks. So four to six weeks minimum is going to be when they're going to take a look at that foot again. So I kind of mentioned this yesterday, right? My birthday is the 17th. So I, I look at the 16th now. A month is January 17th. But if I just take a look at and count Thursdays. And again, this is inexact. I, I'm just going by the four to six week period. So. One, two, three, four weeks is January 13. Six weeks would be January 27th. Kind of like Fletcher said back on Tuesday when he joined us, he was hearing two to four weeks. And then you got to give it two more weeks. But he thought it'd be mid to late January, maybe even early February, that you would see him on the court. So when you take a look at the amount of time, it's most of the season here. Right? It start. I mean, you just you just wonder if he's going to play. Now, the NBA trade deadline is February 10th. And that's just kind of one aspect of it or, or kind of where one part of the season will be buyers, sellers. Remember, we were talking a little bit about that um, yesterday. So you look at the All-Star break, and that's Sunday, February 20th. For most people, that's when the real season begins, the push for the postseason, things of that nature. So again, just looking at the calendar. If you take the full six weeks and the imaging is showing we can do more than what they're limiting him to right now, that is January 27th. So January 27th, still got most of February there. So let's say... 27th, you get the latest imaging. Again, this is six weeks. The longest of that window. A week at least, ramp him up so he can play. That's the 7th through the 11th. That's a Monday through Friday. You would still have one, two, three weeks of February to get him to the All-Star break. Right? Eight weeks from today is the NBA trade deadline. Six weeks is the 27th. The third is the next Thursday. The 10th would be the following Thursday. So you got eight weeks to the trade deadline. And in theory, in theory, if it takes all six weeks for him to heal, the 27th, you could have him back on the court probably around the NBA trade deadline, which would be February 10th. All-Star breaks the 20th. So then you would have a couple of games here to maybe see where the Pels are, how he fits with the roster. So I guess why I'm spending the time going through the calendar and giving you dates is, yes, you're going to hear four to six weeks and go, he's done. Shut him down. No chance of still coming back. That said, he has an opportunity to still come back and play some games. And it's a handful of them now. If he did come back, let's say 
like I said, the 10th is the trade-in line. So let's say he comes back that following week, which would be Monday, February 14th. I mean, you have a hand, you have a lot of basketball to still play. Toronto, Memphis, Dallas, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Sacramento, Utah, Denver, Memphis, Orlando, Charlotte, Houston, Phoenix, San Antonio, Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago, San Antonio, Lakers, Portland, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Portland, Memphis, Golden State. April 10th is the last game. So that's a lot of games. That's a lot of games. I still think you could get a good understanding, a good inkling of how he fits with this roster and all that nature. And maybe, again, you're within that earshot of of the sixth spot. I mean, of the tenth spot. So again, just reading this, I didn't count all of the different games. I just read you the names there. because I don't know. I'm just saying if it's the trade deadline, Thursday, February 10th, the team's hosting the Heat here. So we can count from there. That game's on TNT. And again, six weeks is the 27th. So I would give him two weeks to ramp up and get in basketball shape if he hadn't been running. Again, I'm just reading you the release, and the release says right now they're going to limit him to low-impact partial weight-bearing activities for an extended period. That doesn't mean in three to four weeks they can have him running around. I don't know. So just letting you know, yesterday got an injection, a biologic injection into the fracture site to stimulate bone healing in his right foot. Meanwhile, the team's still playing oops. Last night, Giddy will float it into Shea, and he throws up a three from 37 feet. Nothing but net. Temple was trying to foul him. They didn't call it. Inbound to Devontae. Three-quarter court. Good if it goes. He banked it in. He banked it in. He banked it in. The Pelicans have won by the most improbable shot you can even think of. Back-to-back improbable shots. And the Pels win it 113-110, and they are running off the floor and getting the heck out of Dodge. (laughs) Willie Green after the game. When I saw the ball, when I saw it released from Devontae's hands, I just said, Lord, please. (laughs) And um, he delivered. Uh, But, no, it was was, – a crazy ending to an up-and-down game. Both teams um, just fought, battled, and uh, I'm glad that we're on the winning side of it. Um, Great way to end end end, in a road trip. Devontae Graham on the final shot. Uh, I mean, I thought GT had fouled him, and then, I mean, I'm just glad they didn't, you know, call like an and one or something crazy like that, but... Uh, when he hit the shot, I'm just like, oh man, we don't got no timeouts. I was about to take the ball out, and I'm like, nah, I'm gonna try to get one up. So then, I told Josh to come and take it out, and then I just let it fly. Um, and then I just seen it going, and I'm like, oh man, I got a chance. And then when it went in, I just ran around like a crazy person. <laughs> What's crazy is he actually said that, that was a design play. <laughs> yeah, it's called Vegas. <laughs> so we got a play call for it. Um, you know, you got three different options to hit. And thankfully, we made the right option. Yeah, B.I. saying the same thing. Well, personally, I was still shell-shocked um, after uh, Shea uh, had hit that, that three-pointer at the end of the game. But Devontae stayed locked in. Josh Hart stayed locked in. And um, we, we do have a play um, at the end of the game where um, 
where we do exactly what he did, and um, he just made a hell of a shot. Now, you heard there from Brandon Ingram again, another nice performance by him last night as he continues to play well in, in, in a stretch of games here that is starting to make me think that maybe he's taking that next step. And like I said, look, now you know. I mean, obviously they know before we know, but the press release four to six weeks, you're looking at probably February for him to be able to play. If the Pelicans are going to make the, the 10th spot, it's going to be because of Brandon Ingram's leadership, push, and playmaking ability. 34 points last night, eight rebounds, four assists. Coach Green on him. I just saw him just get into a groove, uh, calling plays out and, and, and just dicing guys up. And I think he's just putting the league on notice uh, of how good he really is. And, you know, he, he works at it. Every day he works at it. He works with his teammates. Um, and we can see it because his play on the floor has, has been unbelievable the last, you know, 10 or so games. Yes, he he's been playing very well. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that it, it does matter. It does matter, I think, getting these wins. You have so much where, let's be honest, right? I mean, people want to see Zion. The organization like to see Zion. You're making moves to try to see if they can help Zion be the better player and all that stuff, and you're not going to have them. So I, I think there's a part of an adjustment because at the beginning of the season, it's, well, we'll just wait. It's, it's next week. It, it's going to be soon. It's at, at some point this season, and I think the mindset – from everybody involved, the team, people that cover it, maybe even part of the organization was, let's just stay afloat somehow, some way, try to make it work until he comes back. I don't think anybody, honestly, media day expected February, more than likely, will be when we see Zion this year. If we do. Because at this point, you do have to put if, right? I mean, if that foot's still not healing in six weeks, are you risking trying to throw him out? You're not. Well, obviously, they're not. They're not going to. So January 27th is six weeks. That foot's not healed. He's experiencing soreness. See you next year. And then you start worrying about concern long-term. My point is the mindset has to change to, okay, it's BI's team, and this is a team we're going to try to battle with it. And it does matter. I thought it did matter. Devontae Graham. Oh, it's big. You know, every win is big for us. Um, like we got a good group of guys. We play hard. Uh, we put ourselves in a position to win most games. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure things out because we're young. Um, you know, our mistakes that we be making sometimes, we shoot ourselves in the foot, as Coach say, and some of these games should be going our way, but we're, you know, kind of giving them up and stuff like that. But we continue to fight. And, you know, we got, like I said, we got a good group of guys. And... We're going to keep being better. That's it. Final bite, then we'll hit the break. Uh, it, of course, brings confidence, but um, it just shows that my work is um, everything that I'm doing when I'm practicing, practicing when I'm all alone and I'm just shooting shots in the gym. Um, it's just coming to fruition, you know. Um, just getting on that block and being everywhere on the floor and getting to my spots, it, it feels good to see it go in, of course. Um, make or miss, I, I felt good about the shots that I took. Look, it's unfortunate. Obviously, you wanted a playoff season. You wanted the team to be much better than 9-21. and 21. But I do think if you start laying some legit concrete foundational pieces and things that you can build on moving forward, B.I. maybe taking a step, being more of a leader, being more of a playmaker, the rest of the guards feeling more confident, 
Coach Green getting to understand that roster a little bit better. When you eventually do get Zion back, say in February, if everything goes well, then you know what? Let's see how this team is. The big news, you're looking four to six weeks minimum before they start ramping up Zion. Got injection in his foot yesterday. We'll turn our attention to the Saints. You'll hear from quarterback Taysom Hill next on ESPN New Orleans. Get holiday ready at Calvin Braxton Ford and see their impressive selection of new and pre-owned cars, trucks, SUVs, and crossovers. Get 0% for 60 months and 1.9% for 72 months on select models. Calvin Braxton Ford is now offering gas-only oil changes for $39.95, up to 5 quarts. Stop on in at Calvin Braxton Ford's year-end sales event, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Happy Holidays! Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet from Etel Business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Phone lines are open. Pels fans, if you like to comment on the news the team just put out here at the top of the hour, four to six weeks minimum. Zion gets a injection, biologic injection, into his foot to try to promote healing faster on that foot. So, as we said... Four weeks, six weeks, puts it uh, basically the end of January. The 27th would be six weeks from today. So if we start looking at how much basketball is left, and in February, trade deadline's the 10th. All-Star weekend is Sunday. The 20th is the game. And that's when a lot of people feel that's when the push is. And I read through all the games left. It's a lot. So if you can get them back, for the All-Star break. And that's that's 8 to 10 weeks, if not even 11. So, from now. So, let's see what happens. Anyway, your New Orleans Saints getting ready for the Bucks. Yesterday's Saints injury report. 
Not promising if you'd like to get your tackles back. Ryan Ramchek among five Saints that didn't practice. Teron Armstead also didn't. Caden Ellis, Garrett Griffin, Lil Jordan Humphrey all did not work yesterday. Now, Teron Armstead has been on and off that injury report. And as you know, he did play on Sunday. So maybe it's just a day off to rest him with Ryan Ramchek. I don't know. You would like to, to have him back sooner rather than later. If you remember back on Wednesday morning, head coach Sean Payton was asked if there had been a setback or another injury with Ryan Ramchek. What's been keeping him out? No, no, he's he's still working through the same knee, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully sooner than later because he's important to what we do. And this like new, I guess, era of having IR for three weeks is it just one of those things with players where you, when it's like right on that line of when they could possibly come back, you're just kind of making a gamble or guessing whether or not to put them on IR. If that yeah, sense. look, sometimes sometimes you're forced to make a decision. Maybe you need roster flexibility, and other times, you know, you're 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 predicting the injury. I think or forecasting what you think the injury is going to take. I think that's right. So again, that's taking what he had to say yesterday morning. I I wonder if Ryan is still another week or two away. Just kind of, it definitely sounded like he's not playing this week, right? Coach saying sooner rather than later. Also speaking of coach, remember he didn't practice yesterday, felt under the weather. Uh several Saints reporters did say per source that he did test for COVID-19 and he did not test positive he was negative just feeling under the weather and quite honestly if you're uh paying attention you probably know somebody right now has the flu or some sort of cold as well (laughs) so as i cough i'm fine i'm telling his allergies but he wasn't at practice and Taysom hill had this to say about not seeing him there i mean yeah uh coach brings a lot of juice to practice um you know he's a very detail-oriented guy but i i think it creates opportunities for other people to to step up and certainly from a coaching standpoint you know guys guys did that today i think leadership on the team creates opportunities for guys to do that as well and um i think just like anything else like the show must go on and um certainly missed missed having him around today but um you know we're not going to lose a day of of prep for a big game and so uh, i thought we we had a good day of practice meetings everything was, was smooth Carl Granderson chatted yesterday as well on the defensive side, but he had this to say about not having Sean. Um, obviously, you know, that's the head coach. Uh, it was it was really different without having Coach there, and um, we, we wish him well and expect him to come back ASAP. Really different how? Different, like, um, you know, Sean, he, he's always, you know, that, that coach that uh, brings the juice. So, um, you know, that, that's what we miss about him. You hear him at practice when he's there? Like even if he's like working with the offense or somebody else, can you hear him during practice? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Sean is always paying attention to detail. So if you're not on point, um, he's going to uh, speak up on it. Ah, so what does exactly bring the juice mean? His definition: just come with the intensities. You know, um, come ready to work, come ready to practice. Um, you can't sl- uh, start off slow, so you just got to come being be with your head on fire. So that's bringing the juice. And Sean does that at practice, yeah. like even on yes, a Wednesday sir. morning? Yeah, even on a Wednesday throughout the week. He brings the juice, um, he pick up the tempo, and that's what that's what the head coach is for. 
Indeed. Now, as far as facing the Bucks, the rivalry, is there really one, or is it just really that when these teams have been facing each other here the last couple of times, a lot on the line. Here's quarterback Taysom Hill. There's two good football teams, you know, and, and you look at the last, obviously, Tampa going and winning the Super Bowl. We won the, the division last year. They went and beat us in the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. And So I, I think that that probably has more to do with it than Saints versus, versus Tampa Bay than just, you know, we've got two really good football teams that have been vying for the division um, the last few years and um, I think the you know the late hit penalties all that stuff I you just you have to play this game with emotion you know um, and that's something that they they do really well a high energy team play with a lot of emotion and again I like I, res- I respect this team and um, and and again I, I'm excited for the challenge um and look forward to it. Indeed, a little bit more as to why he's looking forward to Obviously, it. Obviously, look, we're familiar with this team. They're really good. They're a really good team. Um, certainly good, you know, defense. And look, I got a lot of respect for them and what they've what they've done over the years. And it'll be a good challenge. And um, you know, I, I missed I missed the game this year, and I'm excited to to be a uh, to be a part of this one. You always look at probably a wrinkle or two. <laughs> Excuse me, that could favor the Saints and especially Taysom Hill and maybe one of those is they've never faced him as a starting quarterback. They have faced him as a packaged player, right? Here's a package here too. Here's a play or you there to here. Fast. Try that again. Here's a play here or two, but the knowledge that he's going to take every snap as the quarterback does show as you know Maddie has pointed out and others that have said you know you wonder if Taysom gives you the best option right now is that you have to account for him as somebody that can carry the ball not something you touched on yeah for sure um you know I think it obviously adds a whole element for defense to to try to defend and stop them they're aware of the numbers game that having a running QB adds you know the run game and, um, so they got to prepare for that and um, you know, it's been a nice, been been a nice little addition, I think, for us. How about him improving as a starting quarterback compared to the starts last year? Sean Payton said back on Wednesday he actually thinks that Taysom Hill has played well, and he played well last week. And I, I know before you start saying, "Well, dude, it was the Jets," I, I hear you. Talk about the question was asked to him: the decision making, when to run, when to pass. Uh, seeing the field, things that you would think would improve the more reps you get, right? Obviously, his thoughts on it. it it's a fair question. Um, look, I think every game is so different, you know, and so you you try to find the way to win that particular game, and every game is, is different in what it takes to win. But, you know, I can tell you from, you know, how I played last week and the week before, I I think there's always kind of a handful of plays that you feel like you could have done better. Um, but overall, I was happy with, you know, where I where I threw the ball and my decisions and, you know, just kind of our sense of urgency, our tempo in the run game and just, you know, all that stuff um, I, I've, been, I've been pleased with. One final thing on Taysom Hill here. Obviously, he's facing the Bucks defense, but this is his first go at, you know, starter versus starter Tom Brady. His thoughts on facing Brady? Well, I can tell you I'm not thinking about his age, um, but I, 
yeah, look, I, I grew up watching Tom play, and um, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I've seen him play a lot of really big games, and I can think of the moments of where I was watching them, and you know, all that stuff, so I, I've got a lot of respect for what he's been able to do as, as a quarterback, and as a competitor, and you know, all that stuff, you, you can't say enough good about what he's accomplished in his career, and so I'm aware of all of that, and uh, it's it's a fun opportunity for me, um, and I look forward to, to playing him. So that's quarterback Taysom Hill. We'll have a little bit more coming up here in a bit, says the Saints still. 11 points underdog against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sunday night football, 720 is your kickoff. Coming up next, Mr. Jay Walker, Saturday there will be football in the Dome, the New Orleans Bowl, as the Cajuns take on the thundering herd of Marshall. Man, UL is looking to win their 13th game in a row. Pretty remarkable when you think about it. The voice of the Cajuns joins us next on ESPN New Orleans. Always on the run and short on cash. With a state bank and trust company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance, but what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. Great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-511-3535. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about $100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider, 800-511-3535. That's 800-511-3535. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 7.20 tonight, Thursday night football, Kansas City at the Chargers. KC, three-point favorite. Tomorrow, two bowl games uh, as bowl season. 
It begins underway. Middle Tennessee and Toledo. That's at 11 a.m. Bowl, the Bahamas Bowl. Northern Illinois, Coastal Carolina, 5 o'clock on ESPN2. Then Saturday, five of them, including the one that ends the day as Louisiana takes on Marshall. The Cajuns ranked 23rd in the country at 12-1, and looking for win number 13 in a row. They'll be in the Dome taking on the Thundering Herd, making the call will be the voice of the Raging Cajuns. Mr. Jay Walker, who joins us as he has on Thursdays throughout the football season. Sir, how are you? I, I'm great, and I and I got to tell you, speaking of calls, I am going to save Graf's call of the Pelicans game winner last night, and I'm going to play it like forever. Mm-hmm. I've played it already three times. I mean, I, did you just call for it? Did you want to hear it again? Is that what you were doing just now? No, I'm I'm just saying. I mean, I heard it this morning. I played it over and over and over again, and you know, uh, you know, considering you know you're, we're in New Orleans, I thought it. Yeah, would no, be, look, uh, it's all it takes is all, it. all it takes is a little press of my finger here. We we can hear it again. So whatever you want, just let me know. Mid conversation after the end of a point, just say play graph, and I'll do so. Jay, win thirteen, man. Uh, look, new coach. Some players may not be playing, but that that as I spoke with Scott Prath earlier this week. That's an accomplishment that I think you you want to finish. You want to put that exclamation mark to a conference win championship winning season where that is now the new number, right, that will be posted somewhere in the athletic building, the, the the most wins ever in a season, I would imagine. Yeah, and, well, they've already got the most wins in a season with 12. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you get this one, then I, I really think that you've cemented a legacy for this particular football team and, and for Levi Lewis and for the uh, for the senior class. Uh, you also, unless Cincinnati wins the national championship, you're also going to have the longest winning streak in college football. Now, let's put that in perspective. The, we're talking about the Cajuns here. You know, a team that 1997 to 2001 won exactly nine games. Wow. So... To have to have this kind of legacy and this kind of publicity uh, is something that I don't think too many people thought would ever happen here. When you when you put it in perspective here as well, too, and, and I think a lot of times, maybe fans or even me to kind of get carried away. We saw this during the coaching searches and hires and recruiting. Well, this this translate from this conference to that conference, man. Jay, you've called enough games. You've been around sports enough. I don't care if you're playing directional schools, little sisters of the poor, you know, anything. Anytime you step on a field for competition, you can lose. And when you win 12 straight and you can possibly win 13 straight, I don't care what the competition is. That that shows a lot. Well, it does. And, you know, and again, I think perspective is what you need to look at here. Um, you know, the, the Cajuns have won 13 in a row, and no, they don't play an SEC schedule, but guess what? They don't have SEC budgets either. So they're taking the budget that they have on their level in their league, and they're going out and dominating people. Now, that's an accomplishment regardless of what league you're in, because the only schedule you can play is the one that you have. And I've heard people, well, you know, they couldn't they couldn't play an SEC schedule. Well, guess what? They probably couldn't. But give them an SEC budget, and I'll bet they could. Yeah, that, that's, that's very true from it. So we've had a change at, at head coach. What, what has that change sort of been like here? I know you had signing day yesterday. 
you've had a little bit of time since Billy Napier moved on to Florida. But, um, you know, how has Michael sort of handled things? And do you think it'll be that different to kind of ramp back up and get into the practice mode like they have been? Well, you know, it's been a whirlwind because, you know, he's got a, you know, he lost uh, three or four staff members uh, to Florida. So he had to go ahead and replace them from from the pool of, uh, of analysts that they had. So we had to, he had to get that done. And then he's, uh, you know, got a bowl game to prepare for and he had signing day. So he hadn't been getting a whole lot of sleep, um, since he's been named the, uh, the head coach, but you know, Mike is going to handle it in stride. That's just who Mike is. And, uh, he'll have this team ready to play. He, you know, as you mentioned, they, they might be a little shorthanded. Um, Chris Smith, their leading rusher, isn't going to play. Peter LeBlanc, their leading receiver, isn't going to play. Kalen Humphrey, a second-team all-conference uh, nose tackle, isn't going to play. Um, but they've got good backups, and, and Mike addressed it. He said, look, he said, we got lots of players. We don't have just a starting 11. we got lots of players. And so he feels like they'll be able to plug in and do mm-hmm. fine uh, against the Marshall team that I think, Gus, honestly, I think they're a lot better than their record shows. Okay. Why would you say that? What do you see? Well, you know, you look, they're seven and five. Four of their losses are by one score or less. Now, we know how good Appalachian State is. They lost to App State by one point on the road in Boone. So this is a capable team. They got a 1,200-yard rusher. They've got a guy who's thrown for 20-odd touchdowns. They've got a lot of firepower on offense. Defensively, um, they're going to bring a lot of people. They're going to try to gimmick you. Um, and I, I, I just think that they're a pretty good football team. The thing that's gotten them this year, that's bitten them, is they're bit, they've been a little turnover prone. They're minus five in turnover margin. And I think their quarterbacks have thrown like 14 picks, and they put it on the ground nine times. 23 turnovers is a lot. And, and that's been the kind of thing that's really hurt them this year. But the talent is there on this Marshall team. Mm-hmm. Speak with Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajun Saturday. will be the New Orleans Bowl as the Cajuns look for win number 13 in a row. You know, I remember the first time you guys came to the New Orleans Bowl. And I remember how downtown was just a sea of red, man. Like, I mean, you know, it just, it, it blew my mind the amount of support that really came in there. Was it like 30, 40 or something of that nature? As there was a consistent trip, I guess, to the New Orleans Bowl. How do you feel, I guess, the excitement level is for the fans this year to maybe kind of be there to witness, as you mentioned, what would be win 13 in a row and, and kind of put a culmination to a historic season? Well, I think there are a couple of things working against it this time around. You know, the 13th win, the bowl game is great. And at the same time, you just want a conference championship. And no bowl win at, at our level is going to top that. So I, I think that there are some folks who kind of look at this as kind of a lanyap thing. Mm-hmm. And also, I, you know, there, there, are, there, are some, um, there are some things that have been put in place in New Orleans that we don't have here in Lafayette as far as having to prove uh, the vaccine or have a COVID test within 72 hours. And I think that's going to keep some people away, too. Right. Uh, some people just don't want to do it. And other people say, you know what, if the mandate's that strong, 
then where are we going to go out and have a good time? We can't. Very true. Right. And so I, I think I think that works against the crowd this time. Okay. Uh, how do you see this one winding up, man, on um, on Saturday night? You know, I think the team that does the best job of running the football is going to win. Both of these teams have good backs. Both of these teams have had success running. And I think the team that's able to, to, to really establish the run game and be able to rely on their offensive line is probably the team that's going to win. Um, I like the Cajuns' chances in this game because they've run the football against darn near everybody they've played this year. And the Cajuns' defense doesn't get talked about enough. That defense is very, very good, and they've been very good against the run. So I, I, I kind of like what I see with the matchup. And at the same time, you know, you, you got to go out and play, and you got to play well because the Marshall team's good enough to beat the Cajuns mm-hmm. if the Cajuns don't go out and play well. <laughs> Excuse me. Final thing for you, Jay. They uh, they signed eight players yesterday during the early signing period. It had to be a difficult time for the coaches to be practicing, getting ready to you know make the trip down here and play on Saturday at the same time. You know, try to continue to get top players in. What did you think of the the eight players they signed? Well, I I think that you know you've got um, and and I don't have the list in front of me, so sure. I'm not going to be able to give you names. Mm-hmm. But the Cajuns signed a quarterback yesterday. That might be the highest-rated player that they've ever signed. Because, um, you know, they, they go ahead and put these point values on these kids mm-hmm. now. Um, and, and, and you know, I think the eight guys they've signed are quality guys. They did lose uh, three of them that uh, decommitted. One of them wound up with Billy Napier at Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've only got about 15 to sign anyway because they've got quite a bit of talent coming back. And... You know they'll be going. They'll be able to to go ahead and and take care of it in, in the later signing period. But you bring up a good point, Gus. You know you've got National Signing Day was yesterday. The Cajuns are playing in a bowl game Saturday. Right. There's this talk now that maybe they need to push that early signing date back into mid January, and I agree with that move. Zeon Chris, the quarterback you're probably referring to as uh, he came out of Madison Prep Academy over in BR. Right. He was ranked the second quarterback prospect in the state of Louisiana. We know number one was Walker Howard. So um, that's not bad if you're pulling the, the second best quarterback in the state to come over there to Cadiana. Yeah, he's a dual threat guy. And, and I really think that, you know, Mike was a dual threat quarterback, uh, gained over 1,000 yards two years in a row for the quarterback position. So I think a guy that's really athletic that can throw and run is going to appeal to, to Mike and, and his mindset. Um, I think that's going to be a really good marriage right there. Jay Walker, voice of the Cajuns, going to be hanging out in the Caesar Superdome on Saturday. So the Cajuns will take on Marshall in the fifth game of the day. Kickoff 8.15 on ESP. You might have to take a nap, Jay. I don't know. 8.15. I'm starting to doze off on the couch myself after putting the kid to bed, you know? No, no, there will be a nap. You can, yeah. you can write that down. There, there will it be is. A nap. See? Nap's very key. It's not just for toddlers, man. Thank you, Jay. As always, appreciate it, man. We'll be talking throughout the season. Of course, we talk a little Cajuns basketball. All right, Gus. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, for sure, man. Always a pleasure. Quick break. We come back. We'll switch on over to the voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glore. Um, see how he's doing. COVID's 
shut down both basketball programs over there, the men and women, but also get his thoughts on the signing class for head coach Willie Fritz. We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. Get ready, Gritter, New Orleans area. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Alario Center in West Wego. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Alario Center in West We Go to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting. Don't miss it. Happy Holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year, and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all-new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside, but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa, or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh, but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire talent for your team, especially if you're competing with other businesses to find the right people. But ZipRecruiter gives you the edge. Next key marketing manager, Erin Harji, loves ZipRecruiter invite to apply. She says they get my job posting in front of the right people. I instantly see great candidates and I invite them to apply to my job. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B-A-R-T to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BART. The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. We'll get with Corey Glore here, voice of the Tulane Green Wave in a quick second. He'll give me an opportunity to let you know about DraftKings Sportsbook coming soon to Louisiana. Just waiting for a couple of I's and T's to be crossed. And then we're off and running. In the meantime, before then, they want to hook you up for signing up before it goes live. And all you got to do is download the app, DraftKings Sportsbook, then put in the code LaRose. And guess what happens when you do that? $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. DraftKings bringing that experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the betting world. DraftKings Sportsbook, go download it, put in LaRose, that's your code, and then $100 in free bets is right there waiting for you when you sign up today. No deposit required. Joining us now is the voice of the two-lane green wave, Mr. Corey Glore. You can follow him on Twitter, at Corey Glore. Corey, how are you health-wise, sir, as COVID has shut down hoops over there in Uptown New Orleans, men and women's. How are you? I'm doing fine. I think I've avoided the uh, the onslaught here uh, over the last week and a half that it's at the Uptown campus. When you look at obviously this, um, the, I guess this pause in the basketball season more more than anything. You know, we we talked last Thursday about where the 
basketball team was kind of going here. I I don't know. I, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this sort of affects it, right? Because it's not like you're pausing and 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 still having practices and stuff. Yeah, and uh, if all goes according to plan here and things get back in motion, then the team can get back to practice on Saturday, uh, the men's side of things. The women are paused for a lot longer now. But uh, I think that the concern is, frankly, for Ron Hunter, more on the mental side of it, the physical side of it. There, there are a couple positives in the program. One that I know of was dealing with symptoms. Um, but he, he wants to make sure and try and rally his troops so they don't kind of lose the threat here with now this on top of the start of the season, the start of the semester. Uh, it's been a bit of a grind for this group. And so this is just another layer on top of it to wind down the semester. And I, that's the biggest thing now. Hopefully they can get a game in before the holidays here, Gus. But, but if they cannot, they're going to be off the floor for over three weeks. Mm. But, and then they'll go right to conference play. Yeah, no doubt. And conference play starts yet, yet again. I think y'all did this last year. Memphis, it's at home, but it's December 29th is when Memphis comes to town. Then you're at Cincinnati and ECU and you're off and running. Scheduled, you have UNO perhaps on December 21st on a Tuesday. Is that game still perhaps a go? That, that game's still on for now. Uh, you know, I, I was getting alerted about practice restarting, uh, for the men's side yesterday and they're they're pushing towards getting restarted on saturday to get ready for a tuesday game i know the uno women's team just had to pause yesterday and so now i think we're keeping an eye on what the privateers are up to um to see if they can make it to tuesday healthy uh and get this game in before christmas it's uh it's running around here now gus and it happened so quickly that it's caught i think a lot of people by surprise here but uh, here we are again, unfortunately. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking with Corey Glore, voice of the Tulane Green Wave yesterday, uh, a big day. I Look, 17 new additions for head coach Willie Green. We touched on uh, two, three weeks ago, huh, Corey, that, I mean, Coach Fritz was going to get right on the road almost immediately to try to bring in some, some talent here and some recruits. And you thought this was going to be an important class for him to bounce back from a season that, let's be honest, no one really saw coming, right? I mean, I, I know it was a tough schedule, but but to think that, you know, you, we, we would see what we saw this year, I, I think it's it's big to, to maybe go out and have a decent class, huh? Yeah, and I, I think that was, you know, Willie wouldn't allude to it yesterday, but I, I think the fact that they were able to retain, you know, the vast majority of this class this season didn't really throw a ton of wrenches into the incoming class coming in, and nobody entered the transfer portal when the season ended. I, I think that's a, a real nice spoon there for, for Willie Fritz because this season was a, a brutal one, and it would be natural for guys who have a lot more options now to seek greener pastures if they think it's out there. But they're able to maintain this class, by and large, a pretty highly ranked one uh, in the history of Tulane. Uh, especially on the offensive side, too. And that's where I think there was a big enough focus. Ten of the 17 are coming on the offensive side of the ball, including four wide receivers. And so to be able to keep this intact with losing your offensive coordinator after a 2 and ten season, that's pretty impressive. So when you look at this class, I guess some of the highlights, what, 17 new players, as I mentioned, but 16 of those new players earn three-star ratings or better from a various 
you know, amounts of different national recruiting services. And I bring that up, Corey, because I remember sitting down with Willie Fritz two years ago uh, over there in Hertz Center, uh, not Hertz Center, in, in Wiener Hall. And I was sitting there going, you know, it, it, he explained his philosophy. And he's like, look, we need football players. We need D1 football players. We need football players that um, the, the next level needs to start looking at. And he thought that, the, the, you know, you can look at, what's a star and do players you get better or not or and all that stuff but to get 16 of the 17 at least three star i mean that that's not bad huh no it's it's not bad at all for where tulane had been before their arrival and and now i think they've reached a point where it was one thing to build the program out and get some depth in place and now they can actually get uh, try and get a little bit greedier with some of the talent that they bring in. I mean, they, they get a, a TCU transfer on the defensive line. Patrick Jenkins is a four-star guy before he entered college. And, and so um, they're, they're able to now make a little bit of a, a push for some of these guys around the, the country. And they have to go countrywide to, to recruit because the academic standards that are needed here at Tulane. And so they're able to find that balance of getting some highly ranked recruits and ones that fit the mold of what's required for Tulane academically. And so that's why I think there's a good enough excitement around this class that they're able to pull this off in spite of what the last four months were. Corey, when you take a look at, and you mentioned not anybody going to the transfer portal, that's a big thing as well. And you look at maybe getting some of those players in this class Three of Tulane's transfer student-athletes are from the city of New Orleans. How big was it to hit the transfer portal, which should, in theory, be kind of immediate help, but to still have ties to the city? Yeah, and that's been a long-standing message for, for this group, is to keep local kids here as much as possible. And so, yeah, you're right, three of the four transfers are New Orleans kids, and you know, this is you know this is a pretty sizable hotbed for football talent, Gus. You, you know that pretty well. And mm-hmm. so to to make the push to to convince kids to stay here or to come back here uh, and play some high quality football against high quality teams, uh, that was the decision from the outset when Willie Fritz got here, and they've been able to slowly but surely keep that in place. And they're competing with a bunch of other programs in the area for that and they're able to land guys that are on their radar and keep them at home. It's, it's a very big philosophy of what they're trying to do. Can't help but notice lots of receivers in this class, defensive backs, D-linemen, skill position players, and, and position players uh, of impact. And when I think of this season, you, you, you kind of probably would like to get. Now, that's not to say they're all going to be playing next year and stuff, but you can sort of see, I think, maybe where Coach Fritz really targeted this year. Yeah, I, to me, it was the four wide receivers were certainly standouts when, it, when you couldn't really get a, a standout wide out this past season. And so now you're able to get a couple of transfers to come in and help that out. And Lawrence Keyes, who was a Notre Dame transfer and wanted to come back home to New Orleans. And then Dade McDougal, who was at Maryland and played high school ball with Michael Pratt. And so there was a big push there from the quarterback to bring him over. And so now. You, you try and reinforce that with some older guys and hopefully give that position group a little bit of a shot in the arm. And then the, the defensive line, I mean, that this this defense is so predicated on what that front four can do. 
and you lose Jeffrey Johnson at the nose tackle spot to graduation, and so they, they load up with four defensive linemen to try and help out there as well. They get a couple offensive linemen. They get a kid from Kansas City who is 6'9", and that is terrifying, and Keenan McNally. Um, and so, and so they, they got some size up front here, too, guys, yeah. uh, on the defensive and the offensive side of the ball that um, is really needed with what we saw this past year. Sully Burns sounds like an offensive lineman, six seven, three hundred pound freshman. I, I hope he plays the guitar. Like that's also what I ask. Like I get the sense he plays acoustic guitar. Right, no doubt about it. Uh, it is incredible some of these sizes of these athletes that sort of get it. But again, obviously we'll see what happens when uh, spring ball gets here, and then obviously fall practice, and then start getting some some players on the field. But I'm going to go on a limb already. I'm going to say it's better than this year, next year. Corey, I think next year will be better than this year. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would like to, too. I've already, you know, the non-conference schedule is a lot nicer than maneuver through for next year. Your only road trip to Kansas State, and I I believe you host Southern Mist in there. and and They're where they are right now. So, like, you, you got... Like you got you got a much nicer September to start, and then we'll see how league play shakes out and where you're going. And if you know you didn't play, you know other teams that were mired with you in the bottom of the league this year, and Navy and Temple. And so you know maybe you can get them back on the schedule and, and try and get back into the middle and towards the, the top five of this league. But um, I think there's there's an understanding here, Gus, that. This past year uh, needs to be an aberration, and the fact that they were able to kind of bring in this class of 17, they'll bring in a couple more in the February signing day. they got three or five slots left to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there, there's a pretty good understanding here from the group uh, over at uh, on Willow Street that uh, last year was uh, a fluke, and they're able to bring in a crew and 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 convince them that that was the case and keep the message going here and, and bring in this class. Corey Glory, voice of the Tulane Green Wave, letting us know the, the hope is to try to get the practice back again for the men's basketball team this weekend and still try to play UNO over on Tuesday as COVID had shut down the men's team a little bit ago and the women yesterday. So we'll see how that takes place. Stay safe, stay healthy, sir, and uh, we will chat next week. Hey, you too, and uh, I appreciate the time as always, Gus. And I heard he banked it in. Did I get that correct? He banked it in. He banked he it in. He banked it in. Uh, stand by for three minutes, top of the hour break, and I will open up the third hour yet again with the grad. This was um, this is kind of a prerequisite. When you're his friend, you have to play really good calls as much as possible on your own talk show. So this will be like my seventh it time was- playing it, but I have to do it again, yes. It was a great call. I, it, I've listened to it a ton here, Gus. <laughs> From despair to disbelief. That's what that, <laughs> that was. That, that was that, that, in a nutshell, wasn't it? <laughs> believe me, I felt the same way on the couch. I'm like, you've got to be bleeping kidding me. Oh, my bleeping God. I mean, I, that's literally how I, I said the same thing. My wife's like, Carver's sleeping. I'm like, fine. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate it, buddy. See you, guys. Quick break, hour three next on ESPN New Orleans. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service.